what's up everybody welcome to mastermind.fm your hosts today are ninja james Lodz of ninja forms fame and myself jean galea from wpremier.com today we have a special guest donna kamegloin from ireland and we're gonna be talking about the gpl um first of all donna why don't you say hello to our listeners uh, well hello listeners uh, <laughs> i'm donna <laughs> And uh, a word from you, James. Uh, hey, it's good to be here. Um, I just want to say thank you to Donica for joining us on this, uh, what we call a fairly mu- pretty much a hot topic in the WordPress community. Whenever we mention the GPL, the comments go through the roof. Everybody has an opinion. And so this should be a fun episode. Great. So uh, shall we start by... I mean, defining what the GPL really stands for in layman's terms, because we have a lot of technical uh, licensing terms that we include with every plugin or with every version of WordPress that we download. But many people don't actually know what it means. I think that'd be great. Before we do, Danica, could you give uh, maybe our listeners a little background on who you are, what you do, maybe even uh, a little bit of your background on the topic of the GPL? Okay, well, I mean, I've, I've been involved in WordPress for what, I guess, 11 years now or something or 10 years. And... Um, no, mostly just putting together projects, putting together sites and what have you. Um, with regard to the GPL, and I guess the reason why I was invited on this show is that I have a a, 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 <laughs> a tragic history of wasting large amounts of time writing very, very long comments about the GPL in the discussions. <laughs> and uh, most notably in WP Tavern and WP Mayor, where I've managed to, uh, you know, annoy a lot of people. And what usually happens is that uh, of the hundreds of people who respond or who who comment or who send me tweets, about 5% of them think I'm absolutely correct, absolutely bang on. And 95% of people think I want to steal stuff. So that's my history. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I think that's a, I think that is a good introduction. Now we we have set the framework for, for the battle of the GPL. <laughs> no topic is more delusional. <laughs> Very true. James, do you want to uh, explain the GPL? Sure. Um, so for those of us uh, who develop in the open source uh, open source space, uh, the GPL is the license by which we release our code. It's the license that which WordPress is, uh, is offered under. It was inherited by the B2 uh, project that it came from, and they've continued that license on. And the GPL license basically gives... Um, people who have access to the code, people who have the code for basic freedom that we discuss. Uh, this is the, the freedom to run software for any purpose, do whatever they want with the, super, uh, the software, uh, the study how the software works uh, through accessing of the source code and to freely adapt it to whatever they need to do, to redistribute copies of that software to anyone and, and in any manner that they choose, uh, and to improve the software and redistribute those improvements to anyone. So these are the four freedoms of this basic uh, license that we use our uh, that we offer all of our plugins and code under. And this has been around since the 1970s, I believe. So it's not something new. Correct. And there are a few different versions. I believe it's the latest one is version three. Is that right, James? Uh, I believe so. I believe so. But more or less, they are practically the same. So when we talk about the GPL, we're talking about all versions. I think it's useful to keep in mind a, a basic principle, and that is that basic deal with the GPL is that if you want to use this body of code, you have to agree to the basic terms. And the basic terms are that the very second that you distribute it, you're giving other people the right to distribute that code. Not just the bits that you copied or borrowed from other people, but the bits that you created yourself built on that code. Correct. 
Absolutely. And uh, so within the WordPress space, like I said, there's still a lot of confusion, unfortunately. There we, have, we can find many different posts, including the one on WP Mayor, which you're free to check out later. There are more than 170 comments, so feel free to read through all of those if that's kind of your thing. And still everybody is trying to understand what this means. So let's take a few scenarios, right? If, for example, you're selling a plugin, what are you entitled to? Or what, the, what are you entitling your customers to do? And as we've mentioned, the customers can actually take that code and redistribute it without any cost for their own clients or even charge money for it. The problem comes in when we're dealing with trademarks and brand misuse, which is more... Uh, it has nothing to do with the GPL really, but uh, is where we can prevent others from reselling our plugins, right? Yeah, I would say, you know, when you're dealing with the GPL, the, while the GPL gives whomever you distribute this code to the full freedom to do as they wish with that code, uh, there is a way of protecting you, and that's generally under the guise of brand or intellectual property. So there is copyright of content. There is um, trademark names, logo marks, things like that, that are not allowed necessarily to be used freely without permission of the trademark holder or the copyright holder. Has that been proved anywhere at any time? Um, I don't know specifically if that's been fought in any cases in the WordPress community, but it is certainly have has been fought in other open source projects uh, as far as it pertains to using the logo, you know, the name to market as is you are distributing X. Um, and anything that gives, according to, it's best of my knowledge, right, is according to anything that can give confusion that they are the original source uh, for a trademarked, for, for a trademarked uh, item, um, there is there is legal action. Well, yeah, but could I could I just say that my understanding is is that in terms of redistributing the actual package, um, that they don't have to go in there and change every mention of your code name. They don't have to change every every mention of your your trademark or your logo or whatever else. Um, that they can redistribute that package. It's it's where any in, in infringement would occur would be on their website or any other materials. Uh, and if they were if they were attempting to. Uh, impersonate you. Yes, I, I, Donica, you're absolutely right. Like you don't have to change function names and variable names and any reference that your, your trademarked name might be in. Uh, it is m more exclusively on the how the code is distributed, not the code itself. Um, so if you're distributing the code on your site and you're saying, hey, we are um, we are releasing, you know, we are selling or we are offering, and I'll use Ninja Forms as an example, and they're using our Ninja Forms logo to market the, to the code, to give that away, to sell it as a marketplace, or however they're trying to do it, we have legal right to, at the very least, remove the mention and the logo of our name off of the actual product page. But the code itself, the, the, plug, the product itself, is to be distributed so so you're saying that they're under no obligation to go in there and edit the um uh, the package uh or to create a kind of a fork like, like a the way that centos creates a kind of a a, a white hat uh, fork of, uh, of of sorry red hat yeah that's that's correct now there is now there is debate on this and this is why we're talking about the gpl right because i don't think there's most of the stuff that we're talking about is philosophical in nature and abstract at best because as you pointed out most of this stuff has not been proven in an actual court case where we can say 
according to so-and-so versus so-and-so, we have proven that this is the situation. So a perfect example of that is some people will say, if you have documentation, copyrighted documentation, not code, not whatever, but prose, if you will, in your code that is in the product that displays how the, you know, that is help text, some would argue, and I'm not necessarily making this argument, but some would argue that that is copyright material, and that would have to be extracted from the plugin in order to redistribute the product. But others would argue that because that's dependent or, or, or because that, that writing relies upon the code around it, that it, that it, is, it too is covered by the GPL. Yes, and that, that, is, that is the alternate argument for that. Absolutely. Okay. Would you agree with me that this will never be tested in court? I think it's going to be, <laughs> I don't know if I would say never. I never say never, or I, and I never say always but I just said never both of those times. But I said never both of those times. So I never say never and I never say always. I always don't say never. Anyway, the point is I try not to make absolute statements like that because you never know as the ecosystem matures, as the companies that are behind this code gets bigger and they have more of a stake in the decision there um, that, that may be that may be tried. I would say in our status now, I don't think anybody's got the money to push this through an actual court case. And I think, honestly, as I think maybe more of what you're alluding to, most of us would be afraid at the end result uh, and, the, and, the, and the statement that that would make and how we, how we push forward after that. Um, perhaps one of the biggest companies which is being affected is WooCommerce, which, as everybody knows, was recently acquired by Automatic. Uh, in fact, all these websites selling WordPress or reselling WordPress plugins originated from a change of pricing in uh, WooCommerce plugins. They shafted their customers and the reaction was these sites. Yeah, and w one of them was WP Avengers, which um, now no longer exists, but there are a number of them as can be seen on my blog post again. And uh, so nowadays they are like, I find it hard to keep up with them, but there are more than... 20 major sites reselling plugins and most of them there's there's also one giving them away completely for free exactly yeah. so and most of them are doing that with woocommerce especially apart from other themes and other other plugins yeah so so woocommerce would be one of the plugins which is hurting the most and i guess they have the clout to be able to go after these people in court if need be I, I, well, I was just going to say, you, you make the statement that WooCommerce is hurting the most. And my question is, do these sites, does the giving away of this code actually hurt WooCommerce? Does it hurt all of us who are serving open source when these uh, sites start redistributing our code? Because I think that's the bigger question that, that most of us want to deal with, right? Does this even hurt us? Um, does it have an impact? So we've had so I can say from our business perspective, we've only had a handful of people who have obtained our code not from us, not licensed and sold through our site. Um, and generally speaking, we have not had a major issue to say, hey, you know, we didn't buy this from us. We're not able to support you because of that, because we don't know how what modifications have been made to it. So we don't know that it works in the way that we intended it to work. Um, if you want support, you will have to buy a license through us. And nine times out of 10, they just buy a license with us and we move forward because these sites are selling it so cheap. It's not like they've lost anything if they've decided they actually like the product and they want to move forward. So it is what you're saying is it's a terrific marketing channel for you. 
I could I could it could definitely be argued that way, right? Like I wouldn't say that the numbers are so great that it's worth it one way or the other, but you said you just said 90%. You said 90 90% 95%. I, I did, but if 90% is five people, <laughs> it's not necessarily a huge impact. <laughs> okay. But it's still nevertheless it's it's probably one of the uh, highest scoring marketing channels that you could possibly have for the percentage. Yeah, I, I that could be argued. Yes, that that could certainly be argued. I, I've got a solution to this that doesn't involve paying any lawyers. I think that all of you guys, all of you plugin makers, you all need to get together and set up one of these sites yourselves. You need to give away all your stuff completely for free. And that way you ensure that people out there, whether they're in India or an African village or whatever the hell else, are getting a completely clean copy of your code. And then those who are able to afford it, those who actually have a client or whatever, will end up buying for the same reason that the people that you talk about bought because they need the support and and overnight you will wipe out all of those sites <laughs> so basically we could join forces with wpmu dev who announced on the 31st of march that they will be giving away all their plugins that's still too expensive <laughs> uh I'm, I'm gonna leave that comment uh just let people let people let that settle in <laughs> <laughs> No, but I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious, by the way. Like, is there any chance, like, do you, do you, uh, James, as a, as a vendor yourself, can you imagine any situation in, in which that would actually make sense for you guys to actually take control of the situation? And I'm talking everybody, WooCommerce, um, Gravity, uh, Ninja, all, all of these companies all get together. Your stuff is already out there. People can easily find it. And what's happening at the moment is people are either getting old stuff or they're getting stuff that's insecure or they're getting stuff that might even have malware inserted. Uh, you guys could walk, step in there and have an official uh, white version of this stuff. Um, in in all honesty, I can say that I have not thought about that scenario long enough to be able to say I can see a scenario of us doing that, right? Um, I don't, you know, as anybody running a business, you heavily weigh the pros and cons. And while, yes, the, the few people who do actually come to us and have issues and then end up buying the license, they do end up converting. If in wholesale our code was available for free um, and everybody knew how to get it for free, I think that would, in fact, hurt our bottom line and the number of sales. So your business is based upon ignorance. Um, I wouldn't say com- I wouldn't say completely, but I would say your general consumer does not go looking for what what many would call GPL, and I know this is not the case, but many of our of our users do not go looking for um, uh, the 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 cheap, free, or pirated solution. Like they don't. That's not essentially what they do. Sure, they sure they do. Yeah, that hasn't been the case for our customers, but well, okay. But, but what percentage uh, for, of your Google searches coming into your site? What percentage come in on some kind of Google search like Ninja Forms coupon or Ninja Forms promo or whatever? People always want to save a few bucks. Yeah, uh, you know, there's certainly there are some people who do that, but that's not the the largest percentage of people coming to our site and purchasing from us. Uh, that's a a small percentage, and we and we get people who do will just reach out and submit a contact form and say, "Hey, um, I do you guys have any coupons? Do you guys have any discounts? Uh, do you? Uh, no, generally not. Um, we have <laughs> <Okay>. bundles. <laughs> we have bundles uh, that you know put some packages together and are." 
steeply discounted because of that. But no, we do, we actually don't put out a lot of discount codes. We don't do the normal WordPress uh, every holiday. There's a new discount code out there uh, because we we feel like that sets a bad precedent for what the prices we set in the first place. If we didn't think these prices were were worth these prices, then we wouldn't have set them there. We would have set them much lower. That's interesting. Uh-huh. But what is your sense? What percentage of or how many users would you say are out there who are who are in the dark, who are not um, license holders? Well, have you any? Is there any way you can tell? Do you, does your software in any way ring home or phone home or whatever? No, no, because you know. Also, as being a part of the GPL, we try not to do things like phoning home and getting information for people who you know license people who activate a license. Yes, we will get some basic information because they are agreeing to certain terms to get updates and certain things like that. But we try to the best as we can not to do things that are sneaky and suspicious and under the you know and under the. I once I once heard though that um, there was some iPhone game where they were really really shocked when for some reason there was something in the game that checked a leaderboard or, or whatever the hell it was. And they were shocked to discover that 97% of the people out there playing the game were playing pirated versions. The, these are actual people who'd actually cracked their iPhones in order to be able to play pirated games. And, and they were astonished by the figures. And I'm just wondering, is, does anybody in the WordPress world have any idea of what percentage of people are actually getting their stuff from torrent sites or from these GPL sites? Uh, my 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 thought on that is no. We, we as, a, as a business community, as we talk about products as business, are well under-informed about how our products are being used, where they're being used, how they're being used, and to what degree they are being used. For those who are uh, distributing freemium versions, so we have a free version on .org, uh, WordPress.org does not give us data. Their concern is not how us and the data that we get from that. So we have very little bits of information as far as that. As far as this code that we sell, uh, yes, we know who is using our licensed versions, but no, we don't have any way of knowing. Okay, well, here, here's an interesting thought, okay? Well, we have a great big planet here. Of the license holders that you that you know of, or that you obviously you, you know all your license holders, what countries do they come from? I mean, are they overwhelmingly in America and, and in Europe? Uh, well, for us, it's going to be uh, America and Europe. We do have uh, people who have purchased from all over the world, so we have customers all over the place. But percentage-wise, I mean, I'm okay. So, so you, you know, you might never. Oh yeah, yeah. The mass, the mass majority, sure, is is going to be within the United States and Europe. And that's a, that's a tiny percentage of. I mean, what 350 million people in America, to about 350 million in in Europe or whatever. That's a pretty tiny fraction, you know. So I'm I'm just thinking. In theory, I would guess that there's an awful lot of people out there who are dependent on the pirated versions yeah that's fair um as we as we get ready to continue this conversation we just want to take a quick moment and to thank our episode sponsor for this particular episode if you're in the market for a host listen to this we're excited to be able to announce that wp engine one of the best managed hosting solutions in the wordpress space has recently become a sponsor of mastermind.fm This partnership is an honor for us, and it's a great deal for you. Head over to WPEngine.com and give them a look. Pick any one-year plan and enter the coupon code MASTERMIND at checkout. For our listeners, that means four months free managed WordPress hosting out of your first year with WP Engine. That's hard to beat. WP Engine is one of the best managed hosting services in the WordPress community. As someone who makes a living in e-commerce, I just can't overstate how critical a solid, reliable hosting service is. WP Engine can be that host for you, and we hope you'll give them a try. 
Send us an email at podcast at mastermind.fm to let us know about your experience if you sign up with them. You won't be disappointed. We're back again, and uh, Donica, you mentioned an important thing, I think. Uh, we kind of assume that most people who come across these websites do so by mistake and get to download the plugin for free or for, say, $5, and then eventually go to the main, to the original seller and convert to the paying version. Um, but Donica mentioned that maybe it's, it can also be the case that many people are actually actively searching for the pirated kind of version. And perhaps it's worth thinking about that because I believe that like the US, a typical customer would be uh, very, uh, would find it easy to spend money as an investment to purchase a plugin. However, the pricing of most plugins, as we said, most of our customers are in the US or and at a smaller degree in Europe. But many other countries have much lower incomes and salaries. And when building a website, the investment that customers are willing to put in is very low compared to what we're used to in the US or in Europe. And hence, that leads to the developers actually trying to find the GPL version, um, free versions of the plugins that we are selling. And that's a way of doing business. It's a normal day-to-day -day running of their business. Obviously, they won't get the updates, they won't get the support, but they'll still get by using what they've always done throughout their whole careers, you know. And perhaps the GPL sites are helping WordPress break into these other economies where it's, it might be struggling to embed itself due to the high costs associated with these plugins and themes. But it could be a very good thing. I mean, I mean when, I'm not saying that, um, I mean, I know, for instance, in, in, in Thailand, that uh, when one Thai person is showing another Thai person uh, how to use, how to do WordPress, um, you know, showing them the site where they get all the cool free plugins is part of the part of the uh, training, basically. I mean, it's very much a standard thing. But what I'm thinking is, is that this is something that could, that could definitely grow into a revenue stream for plugin makers. Uh, look at Bill Gates, that he originally uh, deliberately made uh, his early versions of, of uh, DOS easy to pirate. And that was very much a deliberate strategy in order to kind of uh, dominate the market. So I kind of think to myself that there's a, a massive market that's much bigger than America, much bigger than Europe, that's out there. And that it's something where, yes, it could just happen naturally. I mean, it could happen without any intervention on the part of the, the plug-in makers. But I would suggest that if it's something that's going to affect your business in the future, it might actually be worth taking control of it and providing some kind of stream or some kind of source for your code that, is in, that you have some kind of control over. And I think we are seeing a trend in that way, Donica. I don't think that, you know, while I said I don't see a path of building a site and releasing all of our, our paid products for free, and I don't necessarily... I don't necessarily see a path towards that right away. There is a movement among plugin developers, theme developers, people who are serving open source code that are selling it to actually release it by, at the very least, putting it in public GitHub repos. So it's available. Actually, that's how I, I got your, uh, your, your demo, um, um, you know, your product that does the demo sites for WordPress? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's on that's GitHub. That's a perfect Thank example you. of one way of doing that, right? So we put uh -huh. it out there. Um, now, granted, it's for free, 
and it's out there available. It needs a lot of improvement. We know this. Um, but has that hurt our sales? Has that helped our sales? I think it, our sales have pretty much stayed about the same on that product after releasing it for free on the GitHub repo. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that's impacted us. But there is a movement in that direction, I think, that says, hey, we can at the very least make a path. Maybe it's not super easy, download the zip, install it in your WordPress admin like you would anything else, but hey, you can go here, you can download the repo, you can get a copy of it and, and start to use that. And I, there are more people doing that. Pippin Williamson is one of those people, in fact, with Affiliate WP, which is not a small project at all. And he's been putting all the extensions up on GitHub. And in a recent post, he actually posted the sales and revenue numbers. And uh, he said that the this action of putting the plugins on GitHub didn't really affect sales in a ne negative way. Yeah. Now the question is, you know, the one and and as being good stewards, right? If it doesn't affect it in a negative way, it's a great move because you're giving that code to people who might not otherwise be able to access it. If it's helping your revenue stream, if it's increasing your sales, then it's just a brilliant business move as well. So there is there is both sides of that. Well, if you if, but if you think about it, it has to. I mean, if you think about it logically, maybe not today, but if we're looking ahead four or five years into the future, it has to. Like for instance, let just just pulling this out of the out of, out of, out of the top of my head uh, imagine you did a chinese language version of uh, ninja forms or uh, um, wp rss uh, um, aggregator do a chinese version that you uh, allow people to get for free and you've got everything you've got the auto updates everything built to make it really easy don't make it in any way technically difficult for people to get hold of these chinese versions and have insert into the dashboard a little thing that says do you need support and you can pay $5 here and we'll give you support with some problem that you're having or $10 or whatever it is and have a local Chinese person deal with any problems. Have a support person who's dealing with all these Chinese uh, requests. That's something that could grow into a major business that you otherwise would not get. But it depends on um, taking whoever right now, I guarantee you there's free versions of your, of, your, um, of your plugins probably in Chinese already or some kind of fork in Chinese. But this would be you taking control of it and being the official uh, Ninja Forms Chinese version. Would that be something that would work? Um, I think there's definitely there's definitely room for that. I know you know .org is now handling most translation stuff for the core plugins, but there isn't an easy path for paid products. Um, so all of our add-ons, while Ninja Forms may end up getting translated in you know 50 to 100 different languages, our core products don't have that same channel and that same community behind it. And so there has to be a path for which we decide how to handle that. So yeah, I, I could definitely see there being there being an option there. But perhaps by embracing uh, the free version thing, that's how you get the community. Because at the moment, the terrible problem is, is getting the momentum is going to be really, really hard in any of these countries, simply because uh, it's so overwhelmingly accepted and normal and easy for them to get hold of the pirated stuff. Uh, what I'm saying is, is that all of you guys should be taking control of that. You should be wiping out the pirates by simply undercutting them. Uh, get rid of this. I mean, they're all, what, charging $10, $15 a month or whatever else? Get That's, you know, which should be making you sick, really. Uh, but you guys could go in and you could uh, do it for free and have the, the official thing and make sure that whatever way those markets develop in the next five years, that you're the ones who are in control of it, who can slowly stair-step it up to actual paying customers perhaps the ideal way is, is do what exactly what pippin has done with putting the plugins on github you know we've got that 
repository which is ready and we can also get contributions from people willing to improve the pl the, the plugin no this is uh this is an active conversation that our team has had about taking all of our add-ons and switching all of the repos from private to public we have had this conversation a number of times and we are not against it we have had that uh, dialogue. We just are so busy on so many other things. Releasing that and opening that up has not been on the top of our priority list because um, we've been working on 3.0 or a new website design or whatever the case may be. But it has been a conversation and it has been a favorable conversation. It's not been anything where we've had a lot of dissent and even within the team. Well, so why hasn't it happened? That doesn't sound like it would take a terribly long time to do. It's it, well, it comes down to, you know, when you get a t when you have a small team and you have a bunch of tasks on the board that need to get done, that is something that's nice, but it's not a need to get done. It's just a, oh, yeah, we could do that. <laughs> I bet there's something in the back of your head that's telling you, don't do it. James, don't do it. <laughs> you know, it is entirely possible, but I listen to my subconscious so little that we'll just have to see. Uh, but I think I definitely think it's something that that, uh, I mean, we did it for Ninja Demo. I mean, it's a perfect example. We're not against doing it. We've done it. And in fact, Ninja Demo tends to be a more developer-esque product. So if it was going to be never paid for because the people just know what they're doing, that's the product. That's the product that people are going to get and never come back to us because they know how to fork it and do whatever they need to do with it. I think most uh, plugin developers are actually waiting it out to see what's going to happen, you know, because let's face it, I wouldn't really maybe be comfortable in putting my main source of income onto GitHub and see what happens, you know, because I've got a whole team of people to support. And with Pippin, maybe the reasoning behind his decision was that his main business was... Well, he's making so much money anyway. Not really, but... Uh, he's making millions and millions. <laughs> No, but his his main business is EDD, right? So he might have wanted to try uh, this experiment with Affiliate WP, which is his kind of secondary business. Right, and he did it early on. I heard he has a private plane. <laughs> did, did you hear that rumor? Oh, of course. That's I've actually seen it, actually. He, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Affiliate WP was in, was in its early stages when he decided to make that shit, to make that as an experiment. Um, and for all intents and purposes, it was a successful experiment. He found out putting all this code on GitHub did not, in fact, harm his sales. Now, there is a, I mean, he could probably give some information as to whether or not it aided in his sales, but it certainly didn't harm his sales. And that alone is a big testament for doing it. What's the deal with um, ever since uh, Automatic took over WP Commerce? What, what, or WooCommerce? Uh, What's the deal with that? Have they taken any steps to kind of, I don't know, reduce the, uh, or, you know, it, use it as a, as, a, as a lever to increase the uptake of WordPress? Have they done anything with the pricing or, or, or the license terms? With WooCommerce? With, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, a few things that they did, I think they recently have made, has made one of their extensions free. So their Stripe add-on, I think they, oh, wow. they made that free. I think so Stripe they... paid them for that, I, I, su I suspect. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, so they've they've started they've started that. I mean, obviously they're bringing it into the WordPress.com ecosystem um, to make WordPress.com a a more direct competitor with, say, your Squarespace, where you can one install, have a commerce site, start selling, and it's really easy to do and at a fairly low cost. Um, so I see I see that as their big play now. Whether or not they will actually 
release, start releasing that code or lowering those prices? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen any activity yet that suggests that. Right. Okay. And WooConf was just last week. So WooConf is the main uh, um, event for WooCommerce uh, people. What I found interesting was that uh, Post Status had a report on WooConf. And what, uh, what it said was that the overlap between WordPress users and WooCommerce users was not that big. So certainly WooCommerce is serving to attract a larger user base, which is not the same as WordPress itself. Okay, so... So that so based on that, they're saying WooCommerce is actually bringing people into the WordPress ecosystem to use to use this as their. Uh, that's interesting. I probably would not have guessed such a thing. <laughs> like if Woo, you know, WooCommerce makes perfect sense if you're already in the WordPress ecosystem. But if you're not in the WordPress ecosystem, there are plenty of pretty solid uh, shopping cart solutions. So. Well, I think for the smaller shop, WooCommerce is nowadays the first port of call, you know. Most people go to WooCommerce nowadays, since most developers who tend to be on the cheaper side of things are already building sites with WordPress. Well, I haven't checked Woo, uh, WooCommerce's pricing recently, but, you know, they went through that pricing change debacle, which sprung up a lot of these GPL sites, right? But they raised their prices significantly. Is it really that cheap to build a WooCommerce site if you need a lot of add-ons? I seem It seems like things like iThemes Exchange actually would be much cheaper as they have a, like, 249 or something like that that gets all of their add-ons much i mean granted they don't have nearly as many as say woocommerce but i don't it seems like woocommerce would be still a pretty expensive solution granted but i mean having automatic behind woocommerce really makes all other e-commerce systems within wordpress have to struggle to make it compelling for developers and users to go for them instead of woocommerce i do think people are quite lazy and that they'll go for whatever the number one thing is, whatever the thing is that everybody else is using. But in, in terms of people, of there not being a huge overlap between uh, WooCommerce and, and WordPress, um, it would seem to me that very few of them would be aware of who Automatic are anyway. That's true. That's what I would think, yeah. I mean, Automat, to know who, I mean, I feel like you pretty much have to be either really well in the tech space in general, looking at like larger companies, billion dollar companies and evaluating stuff like that, or you have to be in the WordPress space to actually know who Automatic is. Otherwise, they're just, uh, you know, they're just another name. Do you think this will change the um, some of the pronouncements that we've heard over the years from from Matt Mullenweg and, and other notables within uh, Automatic? I mean, up till now, they've been able to sort of preach about GPL uh, safely ensconced in the, in the knowledge that their own business doesn't distribute any code. And yet now here they are and they're distributing code. Will this change things? I, I'm curious to, to see how this works because I anybody who's heard Matt speak about the WordPress ecosystem and especially the selling of plugins, um, he has been fairly negative against plugins as being a, a sale point. He's been okay with themes being sold, but plugins is something for some reason he has had an issue with, and yet now automatic sells plugins like that's what woocommerce is that's that's a whole revenue stream now for them so i'd be interested to see i think the part of his reservation was that he felt that um he, he particularly railed against the use of the phrase premium 
uh, to describe soul plugins. Oh, I agree. Yeah, and so so his I think his main problem was that he felt that it was sort of doing down the freely contributed uh, plugins and that they were every bit as good or sometimes often you know sometimes even better. And however, I, I presume that he can square that with what he's doing now by simply saying, well, you know, WooCommerce is a, is is the top uh, plugin set in its in its field. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. And I and I and I actually fully agree with him on that gar on that regard of using premium as the accepted nomenclature for paid products because we all know there are plenty of paid products out there that are far from premium. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he could end up surprising us all? I mean I I could easily imagine a situation where automatic turns around and in order to deal with Squarespace which um, having used both offerings um, the you know having used the uh, the paid version of wordpress.com and having used Squarespace I gotta or I gotta say they've, they've got a good product there Squarespace and they're certainly they're certainly they're certainly promoting it heavily they're certainly out there uh, on all the podcasts um, so my question is is I wonder is the plan with WooCommerce to turn around and create a, a hosted version uh, of WooCommerce uh, that will provide all that stuff at a, at a much better uh, monthly amount. I'm sure that's on the plans since they have WordPress.com anyway. So perhaps they will be doing the same thing with WordPress.org and .com where they sell the plugins, but also have the hosted version. But logically, that's the thing that most makes sense with the purchase of WooCommerce. Yeah, I, I wonder if they're going to do it separately. Like, are they going to take the, WooCon the WooCommerce brand separately or are they just going to build that into WordPress.com? and just make that a, a deal. You know, you can already have paid upgrades in WordPress.com to change your domain or to get access to other plugins or whatever the case may be. Uh, it seems like an easy upgrade would be e-commerce to unlock. Could we imagine a situation where they actually turn around and start to run down the self-hosted version of WooCommerce or where they start to add uh, new features that are dependent on, on their sort of server capabilities? Uh, and so you start. Oh, I certainly see that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I certainly see that. I mean, that has been, you know, Automatic's bread and butter is using their server infrastructure, their data, the information that they're able to gather. Whether it be, I mean, look at Jetpack. Mm. Almost, every, you know, to to activate Jetpack, they want you to connect with .com because they want that data. Yeah. They want to connect that and get that information. Uh, so I can absolutely see. Uh, at the very least, if not if not totally moving towards just WooCommerce and WordPress.com, which I don't necessarily think that'll happen, uh, I can definitely see them adding a lot more interconnected features that communicate with their servers. And going back to the GPL topic, this, this is the perfect way to get around the whole issue with your plugins getting shared and distributed for free. Yes, absolutely. But then you've got a very interesting situation where if I'm correct and more than 50% of the users uh, are using pirated versions. If they're people who are never turning up on the, on the, on the spreadsheets of Automatic or, or WooCommerce, um, what do they do? What do all those people out there, all those people running small little online shops in, in Africa or in Asia? John, do you want to tackle that? <laughs> I don't think anyone has an answer to that. I wonder, could we end up seeing um, a fork of WordPress or, or even just a completely new competing CMS take advantage of that? You know, it's funny. Every every once in a while, when we have a big battle about WordPress uh, development cycle or some decision that was made among the development team or something Matt said, every once in a while, somebody comes out and says, well, why don't we just fork WordPress? And yet, you know, it's funny. Over all the years, no one has decided to take that 
uh, take that path. And I don't know. I'd be interesting yeah. to see. I think this ties in with my central belief about human beings is that we are all incredibly lazy. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> but I also think that the strength of the community is so big that even the backlash faced by anyone who tries to fork WordPress would be too huge to sustain. It's one thing going the way of John O'Nolan, who created Ghost, which is kind of competing, but not really, where he started on a different project with different technology stack. But forking WordPress, I think at this point, would be almost impossible. And we've seen this with plugins, right? It's so easy, in theory, to fork any of the top plugins and start making money right away, no? But people don't do it. What's the reason there? And I think it's the same reason why WordPress is not being forked. Uh, I was just saying, I think there's code debt there. Like, yeah, you could fork WordPress, but to really make it a competing difference, you'd really have to gut out a lot of legacy code and rebuild some of those things. Uh, same thing with any of our products. It's We know our products because we've spent years building them, maintaining them, updating them, um, iterating on top of those. Your average developer, even if a good developer, is not going to grab that code and instantly be like, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a you know, I'm a master at using this product and I can support it and I can iterate on it and I can, that's not, it's not going to happen easily. What if it did happen? What would that feel like? I mean, if somebody came along and, and brought out a version of Ninja, well, you know, and, but they forked it. Um, let's say they changed it about 20%, but all the major features are there, uh, but the underlying code has been refactored and, 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 and redone. How would that, would that feel like a punch in the stomach? Um, you know, that's a that's a great question, Donica. That is, I think, on some level, yes, because, and the reason it would is because Ninja Forms is open source. It is on GitHub, and those same developers who forked it could have contributed to make the product better if there was something specific that was really poorly done. So it's not like we've not opened that up to let people contribute to that and be a part of that. So I could say yes, probably, but... We also know that we released our code for free under the GPL uh, and have put it on GitHub to be freely uh, accessible. And so we welcome, I mean, in so, on, one, on one aspect, we welcome that. I mean, that's why we put it out there. Otherwise, you know, there's no reason we would have kept that closed off and, and tried to hide it as much as we could. And uh, there is also the fact that WooCommerce was forked from Gigashop in the first place. So that's a successful example, perhaps and I, I, one of the only ones. And I think if you asked the creators of Gigashop, that felt like a punch in the stomach. <laughs> you know what I mean? That felt a little bit like, you know, hey, we were trying to work something out. You could have, you know, whatever. And I, I don't know all of the inner workings of what went on in that conversation. Because uh, I know there was the idea of being able to maintain or possibly acquire and all of this stuff. And then Wu went the way that they did. Uh, but yeah, I, I could see that. I think anybody would feel like that when you've nurtured something that you kind of consider your baby. And then somebody decides to just turn it and, you know, start something else off of it. How do you think the Jiggle Shop guys felt the morning they woke up and read that uh, WooCommerce had been acquired? How much, how much did, did it sell for again? <laughs> It was quite a bit, wasn't it? Oh my god! Yeah, it was a lot of money. I don't. I, do we have? Do we even know what the actual final number was? I know there was speculation. Uh, the usual talk is more than thirty-five million. Right. Okay. That must have been a bad morning for Jigo Shaw. <laughs> yeah, the second punch but in the stomach. <laughs> but listen, let me ask both of you guys, as as guys who kind of uh, rustle code for a living. Uh, let's say some kind of theory. Let's say. Tomorrow morning, everybody wakes up and suddenly people have got loads of energy 
and loads of will to to copy and and uh, change stuff. Could you imagine a scenario where the GPL basis of WordPress makes it unviable for you to run businesses? Like if suddenly, like like let, let's let's imagine for instance, uh, in five years' time, WordPress becomes huge in China, and suddenly there's all these young entrepreneurs who are looking at every single thing that's sold in the WordPress universe and making their own copies and selling it into the English speaking markets. If that happened, could you ever imagine yourself going to some non-GPL platform? Yeah, I mean, I'm actively um, reading and researching about any other opportunities within the software space. And I definitely don't rule out moving away from WordPress when the time comes. You know, so that's I think it's important for every one of us to be aware of the fact that WordPress might not be around forever. Yeah, and I think uh, I think most companies, you see this in a natural progression a lot, uh, and we're starting to see it now even more, because we all, we all know this, right? WordPress, at least as a business ecosystem, is fairly immature, it's young, uh, it's evolving quickly, and it's changing very, very rapidly. And what we're already starting to see is people in this space who have sold plugins or themes or whatever, moving even, say, to SaaS environments, because... There, I control, I control the environment. I control the code. It doesn't have to be completely open source. I can, I can control everything around it, and I'm not distributing any actual code. Uh, so you see businesses moving that, that in that direction. I mean, you look at Optin Monster. You look, uh, you know, most of Automatic's product offerings are that they are SaaS, and so it's kind of interesting that the the champion of the open source market. Uh, all their businesses in SaaS, not in distributing code, you know, until WooCommerce, of course. And yeah, so I think the first step that most people will be taking is migrating their plugin where where applicable to a SaaS business model. You think that's going to happen or you think that, that, that that's something that would happen? It is already happening and I think we're going to see more of it. Yeah, I have to admit from my, my layman's perspective, I definitely think that it's kind of crazy. If somebody was starting out right now, I would say doing some kind of SaaS thing or, you know, doing a WordPress plugin, but with the heavy SaaS element, to me, that just seems like common sense. Yeah, that's and that's I think where everyone is moving. I know we've we're exploring it. Um, uh, You know, people are doing that. There are like perfect examples. There are demo solutions that are fully hosted solutions, right? They're they're not what we give, which is install your own demo on your own server, control your own content, control your own data. It's, hey, do it here. Um, So we're starting to see a lot more of that. And uh, I think we're only going to see lots and lots more of it. And I think we're going to see well-established products moving in that direction, as well as new products that come out just starting from the SaaS perspective right out of the gate. Another big advantage of moving to a SaaS model is having a, a higher degree of renewals every year. So the, one of the things that we struggle most as plug-in sellers is very low re- renewal rates. And the uh, SaaS model makes it much easier to put customers in the frame of mind that they need to uh, renew their subscription every month or every year. Yeah, I, I wonder if, you know, so we talk about the low renewal rate of products, and I wonder if you could even say that's a nod to, and I'm not saying it is, but is it possibly a nod to that if that code was freely distributed, they would have never purchased in the first place, which is why they're not renewing, <laughs> because they already have what they need, they require no support, and they're done. 
like they're they're out yeah i mean definitely even some small add-ons for let's say woocommerce or edd never get updated basically so you're paying every year for say a pdf invoice generator which isn't really tough to build yourself even but i don't see any point of paying a renewal for that you know and i can see why people just get it for free or just buy it once and don't renew so it's a pretty small step for people to start building in well forcing that like building in code that will basically say okay you've had your year it's time for you to pay again some people are actually preventing their customers from using the plugin after their the license is expired obviously one can always go in the code and change the logic there yeah you're we're starting to see more talk about that and of course that brings up another question right is that in the spirit of the gpl to wrap your code in some sort of a licensing system that if yet license does not authenticate with my service even though the code is in the plugin it won't function unless you go in and modify it i would argue that that doesn't feel like it's in the spirit of the gpl uh, but i mean what do i know <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes the spirit of G the GPL, I mean, we should look at what the GPL says specifically. And then I think the people in the community sometimes are a bit too good for their own good, for their own sake. You know? <laughs> well, is that not peer pressure? I think that there's an awful, I mean, especially when people start, you know, talking about the spirit of the great moon god or whatever the hell. <laughs> I, I, I just feel that, um, I mean, the deal with the GPL is, uh, the GPL is, is you could do pretty much whatever you want within the GPL. So for people to then say, well, that's not in the spirit or I mean, the GPL shouldn't be considered some sort of great, generous giving thing. It's just a contract. And it seems to me that if you were to put some kind of tokens inside your code that that expire after 365 days or, you know, demand a, you know, a callback to a license server or whatever, you're not saying that people can't go in there and edit the code to get rid of it. But you are saying that if you're getting it from us, this is the basis and we don't want you to um, buy a year from us and then disappear off for six months and then come back when you've got problems and renew again for another year. We want to have a consistent year-on-year re-up. And it seems to me that that would not be, that that there is no spirit of the GPL that stops you doing that. I I don't disagree with you, but then you come to the idea of releasing those paid products for free so that you may put them available, but now there is no license to activate those features. And so now you're just releasing code for free that doesn't work unless they purchase a license from you. And so, you know, now they have to, now it's not just, oh, I can get this code for free, but I have to get this code for free. And then I got to tweak it and modify it so that it can bypass the licensing system. And now you've done me really no favors by releasing this code for free. So it is a challenge because as a product person, hey, I like the idea of wrapping everything inside my licensing code and saying, hey, if you're not licensed, then these features are going to stop functioning. Um, that's not, from a business perspective, that's that's smart. That's a smart business move. But if I'm going to distribute that same code for free, if I'm going to take all of my repos and make them public, but then they don't actually work because you don't have a license. Now we've we've shot that. You know what I mean? Like you can't have it both ways. Either you're running up that, and that's the, the the problem with the GPL on a lot of in the, a lot of these levels, right? Yeah, we could release the code, we could put that all out there, we could do that as an avenue source. I mean, it, I guess it's 
which model do you want to go for? Do you want to go for the release my code for free and see if that's a revenue stream to get people into the product? Or do I want to wrap it in licenses so that it doesn't function? And so these people who release it have to modify it, which actually makes it so laborious. Maybe they don't bother releasing my code for free because of that process. Or maybe you you have a service element. Maybe you have a, a software service element where uh, they can't modify the code and still retain all the functionality that that you wanted. But is there anything in the new versions of the GPL that, that stop people doing that? I mean, is there anything that specifically says that you cannot take this GPL code and build your own thing on top of it if you're then going to hobble it and make it dependent on a service? You know, I am not aware of anything, but I have not spent any time in, say, version 3 of the GPL to see if there's any changes in that. Yeah, yeah, me, me neither. If that's where the case, though, we wouldn't be able to build plugins which are limited by this uh, license key thing because the plugin itself is built on WordPress. So you know, it's I not guess it's not beyond the bounds of possibility that the the WordPress core guys could turn around. I mean, I presume that they're not overly concerned with uh, the the health of the premium plugin market. Uh, I don't think it's beyond the bounds of uh, credibility that they could turn around and say, right, we're going to upgrade to a new version of the GPL which will more or less render the, the, the market impossible. I mean, they could say something like, you can't, um, you can't attach licenses to this code or, or whatever. That could happen. Yeah, or effectively freeze people out of the community like they did with um, people selling uh, split license products or non-GPL products where they cannot attend or speak at where it comes. It's only speak actually. And if you want to see hundreds and hundreds of products instantly go SaaS overnight, <laughs> that will do it. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. Is James is... You know, because I mean, if you, if you cut us off and you say, hey, you cannot even attach a license to this product for updates or for whatever it is, you're basically you're basically cutting off everybody's legs in the business and in, in any kind of a, in that business capacity. So James, is that your official threat to go SAS? <laughs> I wouldn't say it's our threat. I would say as hopefully trying to be smart in business, we are always exploring SaaS opportunities outside, not just because of WordPress. It's not a threat to get out of WordPress. We probably will still continue to offer our plugins in the WordPress ecosystem. But, you know, we talk about WordPress having 25% of the, you know, the internet market share, but that means there's 75% of people I can't sell to. That's why SaaS is smart. SaaS isn't smart. I mean, I don't think the reason to go SaaS is because I want to control my code and I don't want to release open source code. I love open source code. I'm I'm running a business today because of open source code. I am a I am an advocate of the GPL. And yet, I still know there's 75% of people that I can't sell to with with my GPL WordPress plugins. Do you ever wish you'd gone into iPhone apps? <laughs> no, I do not actually. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So I guess uh, unless Donica has some more thought-provoking questions, we can wrap this up. It's been quite an interesting episode. We've gone longer than usual, but I guess it was good to have this conversation with Donica and ourselves. Uh, Donica, where can people find you if they want to continue the conversation or ask you anything? I'm on Twitter. I'm at WordSkill. Very good. James? Uh, on Twitter, you can contact me at James Laws. And myself, you can find on Twitter at, at Jean Galea. As usual, we welcome questions. You can submit them at mastermind.fm, our website, and please leave a review on iTunes if you like the show. See you for the next one. Bye, everyone. <laughs>